Let's join together in prayer. Precious God, we know that our journeys are burdensome. Precious God, we know that we have roadblocks that can hinder our progression in the name of your love. We are grateful for what we know about your grace. We are grateful for what we know about your reality that we can continue to follow you, love you, and look for you even when the times are the hardest. Be with us today, God, as we look at this scripture of the crops and the weeds and we talk about what it means to find strength through your grace. Be with us today, God. Nothing happens unless it's sparked by you. Amen. Let's look at this scripture for a moment. I want us to talk about today this idea as Christ continues this parable of showing the growth and the potential of a seed. Last week, we talked about the master farmer. And we talked about the one who gently and patiently lays the seed down and cares for a seed to give it its place, to help it find its potential, to allow it to grow and fruit so that everyone can enjoy its progress. We talked about the community farmers or community gardeners. And we talked about how individuals may be the ones that plant the seed They may be the ones that water the seed. They may be the ones that do the weeding, but they don't always see the full potential, but they are all a part of the story of the seed. We're going to look at the story of the seed on a different level, and we're going to talk about what it means to still see our fruitful potential, even though at times we feel wrapped up up in weeds. I want to share with you a fun story. I have had so many unique blessings in my life, and I have met some really cool people in my life. Some people I've met that I never knew I would meet. And some of these people I never knew I would have the opportunity to meet, not just me, but to develop friendships with, that have had some very crucial moments of care in my life in many different ways. When I was a kid growing up in high school, I didn't do school very well. I was not a good student. And one of the things that I looked forward to, one of the things that gave me hope to just make it through the school day is when I got out to the truck, rode the truck home, got home, I would be at home just before 4 o'clock. And every day at 4 o'clock when I was in high school, ESPN would show world-class championship wrestling on ESPN. It was the thing that I looked forward to the most when I got home at the end of school. It was the thing that helped me survive being frustrated. It was the thing that helped me survive dealing with some of the weed wrapping around my fruit moments of my life. And we'll talk about that through this sermon. 
But I had that one moment of peace at the end of the day that I knew that something was waiting for me when I got home that would help me just relax and chill out and regroup for the next day. Now, every day when I got home, when I turn on ESPN, I turn on world-class championship wrestling from Dallas, Texas, the Sportatorium in Dallas-Fort Worth. One of the first voices that I heard every day was a ring announcer, and his name was Mark Lawrence. And I would hear Mark Lawrence utter the words, John Manatos, this is the week that the future of professional wrestling as we know it will be decided. It's world-class championship wrestling, hopefully for the last time. Hi, everybody, this is Mark Lawrence ringside. No, Frank Dusik is not here. We've been unable to find him since... And at that moment... I just had, I could set everything down. I could set it aside. I could take a few moments of just enjoying something. I could watch the Von Eric brothers, Kevin Carey, David, Mike. I got to watch them fight against their arch rivals, the fabulous Freebirds. I got to watch gentleman Chris Adams, Gino Hernandez. I got to watch Bruiser Brody fight Abdullah the Butcher. That was my relaxation and regrouping time after school. And it always started with the words coming from the mouth of Mark Lawrence. Welcome to World Class Championship Wrestling. Now, over time, I have developed a friendship with a gentleman named the Reverend Mark Lawrence. When I was watching a video, it was a documentary about world-class championship wrestling. They interviewed their main ring announcer, Mark Lawrence, and I see sitting on his desk this very familiar symbol that is the cross and flame of the United Methodist Church. Today, the gentleman who was a ring announcer for world-class championship wrestling is now a head elder at St. John the Apostles United Methodist Church in Arlington, Texas. And a gentleman that I am blessed to say because of sending out a letter saying, hey, I saw the cross and flame on your desk. I'm a pastor now too. What pitfalls can you help me overcome? And for a while, at least once a year, I've had the blessing of having a lunch with Mark Lawrence and he and I have been emailing each other back and forth during this time of pandemic. And it's a story that this person that was a face on a screen, a voice that I looked forward to hearing every day, has now become a colleague and a friend in my life as I'm dealing with the realities of being, being a colleague with this gentleman in ministry and dealing with many of the same pitfalls and worries that he does. In one of his sermons, and this is why I'm going through this story of Mark Lawrence with you, in one of his sermons, he shares this statement, and I think about this statement every time I think about this parable of the weeds and the crops that Christ shares. Mark Lawrence shared in one of his sermons, I would rather try something magnificent and fail than to do nothing at all and succeed. Let me share that with you again. I want you to think about this. I would rather to try something magnificent 
and fail than to do nothing at all and succeed. I'm blessed with this friendship in my life. An individual that once upon a time was a voice that I looked forward to hearing after school, becoming a colleague that I can interact with and talk to and to find guidance from and to share guidance with as we both go through this journey of what it means to be a pastoral shepherd in this time of a pandemic. Right now, if we look at this parable through Christ and we talk about what it means to have the weeds wrapped around our crops, Sometimes we can see the weeds as a hindrance and we sometimes we just want to throw it all away. We want to throw the baby out with the bathwater because the weeds become so burdensome, so impeding, so crushing that we don't see the benefits that there is still a crop there and we just need to find ways to work to separate the weeds from the crop and to give the crop its full potential and to set the weeds aside and to take their power away. Let me share with you more of my childhood journey because my childhood journey is a testament of what it means to not allow the weeds to have power, but to look for the fruitful crops that are still there and if you can separate the power of the weeds and still celebrate the crop, there is so much that could happen. My life started, my educational life started with me learning about my learning disability. I am dyslexic. It takes me much time, much time to read things. It takes me a lot of time to read for comprehension and it takes me much longer than it than it would a, a, a any other person but it takes the extra work and the extra time to do that because of my dyslexia there's other things that I've had to adapt because I have a hard time reading I have through time have had to learn what it means to be a bullet point preacher. Uh, you guys have watched these videos for about three months. The one thing that you have never seen me do is look at notes. And it comes from the reality that I learned because of a weed in my life that I had to learn how to find a new strength. And that strength is hitting the bullet points and knowing enough about the topic that I can fill the information in between. Going back to my educational process, because of how hard it was for me to learn, to keep up, to fight, to scrap, I was that kid that had a hard time in school and I looked more forward to getting home and watching world-class championship wrestling than at school realizing the fight that I was in and how to find growth for that. When I was in high school, I allowed the weeds to have the power in my life. I allowed the weeds to have the strength. 
and I could not see the potential until, instilling some narrative from last week's sermon, a weeder and a waterer came into my life and showed me there is something you have potential with. When we begin to see that within the weeds there is still a crop, we can start focusing on that crop. Start finding out ways to take the wheat away from the weeds so that the wheat still has potential to be used positively and effectively. That moment of clarity and potential came to me through the blessing of music. And I've shared that recently in sermons. I had a music teacher, Bob McMillan, Jim McGinnis, who showed me through playing the saxophone and singing, I had potential. I had something that I could do that would separate me from the power of the weeds in my life so that I could have a place to move forward to and grow. So here's what happens. Here's what happens when we take the time to pull the wheat from the weeds. I found potential and hope, and I was finally motivated to continue education. I wanted to do something like my friend Mark Lawrence said. I wanted to try something magnificent, even if it meant that I would fail at it. I wanted to try something magnificent, and I had the spark of energy and hope, and I went to college. Because someone was able to show me that there was still wheat of potential even within the weeds of frustration. I graduated from college. I had this longing urge to make a difference in other people's lives. I began to read up on people like John Wesley who stepped out of the sanctuaries to go out and to share hope, to be the ones to try something magnificent, even if you would fail, so that we could separate the weeds and the wheat and to give the wheat its opportunity to find its potential. I started to become a youth director, and this is my whole journey here. I'm, I, you can't see this because of the video angle, but this is my high school church. This is where I went to college and studied music education. And then here's this church in Bristol, Tennessee, the First United Methodist Church of Bristol, Tennessee, where I spent time and became a youth director and began to see how that I could try something magnificent, even if it meant that I failed, and become a one that could help pull the weeds from the wheat for other lives. I have some beautiful relationships with all of those kids in Bristol, Tennessee. And to, and, and to be real honest, I don't have the right to call them kids because I'm really only like five years older than most of them. I was so young when I started that, that we're, we're all age-based colleagues. But I still have those relationships to the power of Facebook, keeping up with these people who are in high school. And I was the person they talked to about the weeds in their lives 
and help them find the weight of hope in their lives. And now they got kids and stuff and they're doing it for them. It's it's great. But here's something, here's something that the spark of hope does. When I think about Jesus Christ being the light of the world, even the smallest spark can cut through the darkness and create hope. Once upon a time, I'm this kid in high school, and all I am doing is just trying to get through the day so I can get home. And I'm looking for a way to be done with school. I was the dyslexic kid that had to work harder than anybody else to get by. Then I got a spark of hope that I went to college. And then I got a spark of hope because I was helping some very dear friends find their walk in life. Pulling the weeds and the wheat apart so that the fruit could find potential. And then... God said this really scary thing. Hey, Mikey, Drew, go get your master's degree. Let's weigh this out. Let's talk about pulling the weeds from the wheat so much that you begin to find yourself, your potential so much that you're no longer the one that was being suffered and choked out by the weeds like I was in high school. But you have reached this moment of so much potential that you think, let's keep going. Let's keep trying. And then you go to Fuller Theological Seminary and get your master's degree and find your place and find your hope and to find your potential. And then I spend 20 years, I spend 20 years touching lives at another place. And now, at North Coast United Methodist Church, still finding the potential, I'm the one that's driving the ship through a pandemic with a powerful crew. I want everybody to know something. Last week, I talked about the weeders and the, and the waterers. There are so many weeders and waterers at North Coast United Methodist Church right now. All of our leadership, all of our dear friends doing the paperwork that the South District needs us to do. Taking care of this facility in this really unique time. Trying to create a safe environment for you. There are so many people who are picking up the phones every week to check in on each other, being the waterers and the weeders, making sure that everyone is okay at this time. Our phone committee, our people sending out cards and letters. There's so many dear friends who are working together as the community gardeners of North Coast United Methodist Church, all doing the best they can to separate the weeds so that we can celebrate the wheat of God's love, I am blessed by all of these people. It's one that we stop letting the weeds have the power, but also it's the reality that it's the weeds that strengthen us. I have seen images of beautiful rose uh, rose bushes, and it, the things that are holding the rose bushes up so that they can grow out and be seen is the weeds and the thorns of the rosebush holding it up 
so that the beautiful flowers can grow out. See, there is a reality that the weeds in our lives aren't always bad. They help us find our potential in new ways as long as we're willing to do the work and not let the weeds have the power, but to find a way to grow and strengthen ourselves so that we can see the wonderful wheat that still exists, even though at times we feel suffocated by the weeds. It's that idea. When we become the ones so dedicated to grace and the reality of the potential we have in Jesus Christ, that we try something magnificent, even even when we're suffering, even when we know we might fail, It's the attempt of taking the power away from the re-leads so that we can continue to move forward and to find hope. I want you to try something magnificent this week. And I don't know what it is. You decide. You define it. You work on it. I want you to try something magnificent this week. And what I want you to not do is say, I can't do this because... I would have never have gone to Virginia Intermont College if I used the phrase, I can't do this because. I wouldn't have found my potential as a youth director, as a leader of faith at First Church Bristol if I used the phrase, I can't do this because. I wouldn't have found my educational potential at Fuller Theological Seminary if I said I can't do this because. I wouldn't have spent 20 years touching lives if I said I can't do this because. And I, right now at this moment, would not be receiving the blessings and the joy that I have working in a community of servants, a community of people that care and love for each other, If I use the phrase, I can't do this because, let's take the strength away from the weeds. Let's separate the weeds from the wheat and continue to celebrate the potential of the wheat by doing some magnificent things, even if it means we'll fail. Hold on to that. Pray through those things. My name is the Reverend Michael Drew Davis. And may the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. God is love. Amen.